With a little bit of gold in a page With a little bit of gold in a page With gold in a page With a little bit of gold in a page Page, gold, gold, page With a little bit of gold in a page With a little bit of gold in a page With a little bit of gold, gold, With a little bit of gold in a page Hello everybody, this is Casey Bowles on the fifth episode of the Texas Meltdown. Today, we have a special guest. We got a hold of Colton Moore, who called us from the depths of Arizona. But first, we are brought to you by Fat Jack's Oyster and Sports Bar. They got the best ribeye steak in town. They got the best gator bites you're going to eat. They also got the best oysters and angel on horsebacks you can possibly find anywhere this far north of the shore. Every Wednesday, they have DM karaoke. On Thursday, January 10th, they'll have the Clay Logan Band. Friday on the 11th, they'll have Free Fall. And on Saturday, January 12th, we brush popper. Oh, I hear they're pretty good. I haven't heard much about them yet. We're also brought to you by the Knighton Center off of Kings Highway, right next to the Roadrunner. Go talk to Terry Knighton, FNP. He'll take care of all your family and acute medical needs. Good guy, real good friend of mine. And I hear he's adding another FNP so he can get to more patients. Give him a call at 903-838-0444. Pretty easy number to remember. We're also brought to you by TW's Automotive over in the corner of New Boston Road and Texas Boulevard. Talk to Lee Welburn. He'll get you fixed up with all your automotive needs. You can reach them at 903-794-7593. It's where I take all my stuff to. I'd highly advise going there. But here's Colton Moore. We tried to do everything live, everything that we could. Um, my microphone kind of had a, it was a pretty badass echo. But I'm fucking dealing with it, and I'm way madder than you could ever be. So I know you can deal with it too. But here's Colton Moore. Talking about his shows that he's got planned for 2019 and what he's been up to for the past four years. All right here on the Texas Meltdown. Today's, Today's artist, artist of the week is actually here with us and it is Colton Moore. Colton has been on a four-year hiatus from seeing or anything to do with music, really. I mean, you've had like one or two shows. Yeah, I've done one show in the past four years. It was this summer. I did a show in July there in Stephenville with Co. Wetzel. And uh, that's about all I've done the past four years. I released uh, an EP, I guess it was two years ago. Uh, those are some songs that I recorded back in 2013, though. And then I released a single, I guess, about a year ago now. Um, maybe less than a year ago. But those are all songs that I recorded. Um, they were just kind of sitting in my emails, and I ran across them and uh, put those out. And they've done really well for me the past couple of years. The old, the old music, music for like Godman God Blues. Blues, like how, how did you did come you up come with those up lyrics? With those lyrics? <laughs> Godman Blues, um, I don't know, man. Growing up, my dad was a preacher, and it really doesn't have anything to do with him, but I, I grew up in church and everything, and just kind of uh, just the way I was brought up, being around a lot of those people in church, that's where that song came from. It was kind of just, I made it up. I wrote it when I was probably 18 years old, maybe 19 and I uh, just kind of made it up. I like to, like to play blues and wanted to come up with a bluesy song, and that's what I came up with. Yeah, I apologize yeah, for that being my first question. question. I just had I to get that off my chest. chest. Ever since Every I've heard that song, I was like, man, how the hell did he even come up with that? Man, you started good. I don't know. I was, I was still a kid when I did it, and it was really the first blues song that I ever wrote. And I enjoyed playing it. And, and I think it's a cool song, so yeah, glad you enjoy it. It's definitely, it's definitely one of the most one original most songs I've ever, ever heard in my entire life. life. That, that song that should have been, been written like 10 years, years ago, ago, at least. At least. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. But what have you been doing on your four-year hiatus site? you work? What have you been up to? Yeah, so the past four years have been full of a lot of hunting, a lot of fishing, and a lot of traveling, you know, just traveling around, seeing different places across the United States. Um, I work for a hunting outfit, a couple different hunting outfits across the state of Texas, and then I guide fly fishing trips up in northern Arkansas. And, uh, you know, hunting and fishing was my first love before I ever even started playing guitar or, or writing music. And so I kind of reverted back to that. And um, 
you know, that's what I do for work. Uh, I travel around the state and I guide hunters on whitetail and mule deer and elk and all that and whatever else there is to offer. I do a lot of exotic stuff down in the hill country. So just get around and that's my life these days. So you pretty so you much pretty just much like just went from one badass job right on to the next badass job. Pretty much, yeah. It's a, it's a dream job. Everybody's always saying how lucky I am, but still spend a lot of time on the road, you know, just like I did playing music, but uh, just traveling for different reasons now. Yeah, 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 I, yeah I, understand I understand that. that. I've pipelined for nine, for nine years. years. I've been on the road a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah. You understand that for sure. You were pretty young when you started playing music, weren't you? I was, yeah. I think I played, um, so I'm obviously from the Fort Worth area, so 95.9 The Ranch is the big uh, radio station in those parts. And they put on a singer-songwriter competition. Um, I guess they probably still do it, but they were that was like their second or third year to put it on. And I was 19. It was my first year out of high school uh, that summer. People vote on you and all that, and I won that deal. And um, the prize was you got to open for a big band there in Fort Worth. So I got to open for Sean McConnell. And that was the first big show I'd ever played. And uh, everything kind of spiraled from there. And I put a band together with a bunch of guys that I knew from high school. They were all a few years older than me. And I uh, put a band together, and we started touring. And we toured for right at four years. And, uh, you know, got to open a lot of shows for a lot of big bands that we looked up to. And then we ended up, you know, starting to headline some shows. And it was really good. It was a good experience. Uh, I was a kid throughout the whole process, I feel like. But uh, I think it grew me up pretty quick. And uh, some, definitely, you know, I don't regret any of that by any means. Yeah, I yeah, w- I, watched I watched some videos, some videos from. Is that are you talking about the band with Ryan? Yeah, yeah, I had Ryan Wilcox playing guitar. Uh, Chip Davila played the bass, and Aaron Dowd played the drums. Are they going to be gonna back be with back the new with shows the new that you shows got, got, you coming got coming on? You know, probably not. Um, these first shows that I do this year, I'm probably going to do three or four shows, and they're going to be all acoustic. And then maybe towards the end of 2019, we might put together some full band shows. But, um, you know, obviously Ryan's got his own band right now, and he's super busy with them. And then Chip and Aaron are, are doing, you know, other things besides music these days. So just tough to get all those guys back together and get rehearsals done and, and get ready for some big shows. But we'll try to do it at the end of 2019. I'd love to get together and, you know, play at least, you know, one or two big shows with the full band. Yeah, I, yeah, I was I, watching I was some watching videos on YouTube, on YouTube and, uh, and uh, I always I saw Ryan in the, background, in the background, and you just and look, you over look over at him for a second. For a second. And just stare at whatever the hell he was doing (laughs) off to the side with his guitar. It always just tripped me out. (laughs) Constantly wondering what the hell that guy's doing. Yeah, he was acting crazy. We still text and talk a lot, and I'm still just wondering what the hell he's doing. Oh, yeah. Super nice guy. I met him in Lawton, Oklahoma. He opened for Coetzel up there one time, and I was backstage hanging out with everybody, and him and Josh Banks come up, his drummer. You know, I, I, yeah, I talked I to talked them, them forever, man. They, man. they were nice, they were people. nice people. Wasn't yeah, really wasn't anything what you would expect. Wasn't wasn't, wasn't what, what you would expect from his from whole, whole uh, guitar, guitar playing persona. persona. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, when he's off stage, man, he's real calm, laid back, very chill guy. So he's so he's night and day from when he's on stage to off stage, but still a good dude. So when you just put on Twitter, you're gonna be doing these shows. Saw a bunch of people giving you recommendation on where to play. What do you think about Texarkana? So a few people posted Scotty's in Texarkana. It's a pretty dope right? place. Yeah, man, I don't know. There's, I've had a lot of recommendations, and I just wanted to see. I mean, obviously, I know all the venues and stuff around. The good places that I like to play, but I just wanted to see where people wanted to hear me play at. Um, so I think what I'm going to try to do is, you know, maybe pick one or two places in Oklahoma and then maybe three or four places um, in Texas and just try to get as close to the big cities as I can and, you know, if people want to come, they'll travel. So that's kind of the way I'm going to go about it. I'm not going to play a whole lot of shows, but, um, you know, I'm going to try to play a few and hopefully everybody that wants to come can make it out. But Texarkana is definitely on the list. We'll just see uh, We'll see where it takes us. So you just testing the waters right now or just have a little reunion? Are you thinking if this goes well, you're going to start touring again? I don't think I'm ever going to tour again, honestly. Um, not as serious as I was before, at least. But every year, you know, I'd like, you know, like we just talked about for four years, I didn't play but one show. And uh, I think that was a little too long. You know, I've got a lot of really, really good fans that, uh, you know, still treat us very good and uh, are still spreading the word. And um, I feel like I'm just doing those people wrong, not playing shows. So I think if I can play, you know, four or five, six shows every year, 
still get the ball rolling. People are still happy to get to come see us play, um, get to experience all that. And uh, so I think that's what I'll stick to for the next couple of years. But you never know. You know, we might get to where we're playing, you know, 12 to 15 shows a year. So we'll just see where it goes. You've been writing music in your off time? Not a lot. Uh, because I don't have a lot of off time, but I have written a couple songs. Yeah, you know, in the past four years, just a couple songs in four years is not that much for me because when I was really touring hard and writing and playing a lot, you know, I was writing, you know, 20 to 30 songs a year. And uh, But I was doing it full time, you know, that was my job. I didn't yeah. have anything else taking up my time. And um, we were trying to make it. We were trying to, you know, do as well as we could with it. But yeah, I've written a couple of songs over the past few years, and uh, there's some songs that I'm pretty proud of. And I can't wait to record them and release them. So I'm going to try to do that maybe in 2019, um, get in studio and, and uh, maybe get the band together for those and, and record those songs so I can release them. That's something to look forward to right there. Right there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I hope everybody's looking forward to it. I know I am. Like I said, I'm, I'm pretty proud of those songs. And uh, they uh, they sum up life, you know, the past few years, not being on the road playing music, just living a normal life per se and uh, having a regular job and, and having a girlfriend and, and spending time with family and stuff like that. So, I'd say you're guaranteed to sell out these acoustic shows, man. Well, I sure hope so, man. I hope people, I hope people want to come to these shows. You know, I had a really good response there on Twitter when I posted that, and uh, so it seems like a lot of people want to come out and, and see me play. So I hope they go well. You know, the show we did back in July was it was really good. We played there in Stephenville, and we played to about fifteen hundred people. So it was just kind of overwhelming and did when neither one of us me or co really expected that on a monday night during the summer in a college town so uh it was pretty incredible yeah they told, yeah, they me, told about me about it i seen them i seen them somewhere right after that i was talking to colin andreas and they, they was telling me about how many people was there just, just it surprised the shit out of all y'all yeah it was it was a madhouse but it was a really good time I bet it was. We're going to have to make one of them acoustic shows. I want to make one of the full band shows. Like, y'all, I'm going to be pissed if y'all don't have one of those by the end of the year now. I got my anticipation built up. (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll try to, man. That's one thing we always prided ourselves on was, you know, the full band show and and just the performance that we put on. And, of course, we were talking about Ryan and how crazy he is. But we always, you know, all the bands that we looked up to, um, all four of us, you know, we all looked up to, to really good bands that played live. But we, you know, we just prided ourselves on sounding just as good on stage as we did on our CDs, and uh, I think we we accomplished that pretty good. And we always had really good responses at our shows, and and had really good time with it. So hopefully, we'll get back to that and do a few of those shows this year. On the new on album, the new or album, like or if, like if you, you record the music, are you are you going to release, release, it, release it in like, like an album, album or, or uh, an EP, EP or like a small or little small singles? Or? Have you even thought about it? Yeah, have you made it that far into the situation? (laughs) No, I really haven't. I mean, I kind of just fly off the seat of my pants with that stuff usually, so not much planning goes into it until it's it's right there in front of me, but it'll probably be an EP, you know, two, three, four songs, something like that, and I'll put them together um, as a little collection and just release it like that and come up with a name for it, of course, and... But yeah, it'll probably be, you know, three or four songs. Uh, That's about what I've got that people haven't heard. And um, I don't think it'll be a full, you know, 11 or 12 song album by any means. But you never know. Something might change. I might start writing a whole lot here in the next few months. And we might put, you know, eight or ten songs on it. So we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, that's that's, 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 really looking for super different. Good, good. Hopefully we can put some more rock and roll songs there and, I know a lot of people lately have said everything I've put out has been sad and they haven't complained about it, but those are just, you know, all the songs I write are sad songs, so. I like the dip. I like them, though. They're upbeat sad songs. They're not sad songs that make you cry. They're like sad songs that are just like, yeah, I got that. I think you got a pretty good ratio. I know people are going to be waiting for you to jump back on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You left. Yeah, you left everybody. Everybody's already been asking you know, if I got anything nailed down. Like shit, man. It's been like three or four days since I posted that. I don't have shit nailed down. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, as soon as I know, you know, I'll I'll uh, definitely get the word out, and we'll put together some flyers and whatnot, and start posting on Twitter and Facebook, and hopefully, like I said, we'll do three or four shows, or I will by myself, and I'm gonna have Ryan open all those shows for me, so it'll. You know, he'll be the supporting act on that. We'll both be acoustic. So that'll be a good uh, good little reunion for he and I to go out and play some shows together. That'd be awesome. Yeah, no doubt. If, we, uh, if we're if we going to come through that Texarkana area, maybe we can meet up and 
we'll, we'll uh, you know, all four get together and me and Ryan can be on the show together. Hope it all went well and look forward to meeting you guys. Shoes don't got a lot of cash. Got a quarter in my pocket, and afraid to whip your ass for something you got that ain't even mine. They say I've been looking skinny. I say it's the drugs. They think I'm a only kidding, and I'll do this for love. But what they don't know is I spent the last week in hell. things that's ever happened to me while I was at work. It was 5.30 Friday evening, just got paid, everything's going good. This is when I was working for my dad's shop in Texarkana and uh, at his business. We were all standing in the parking lot, all the employees, everything, literally we just walked out the doors. Out of nowhere, this car came flying sideways on Richmond Road across the intersection of College Drive. Sideways, this entire time, I mean, car had to be be doing 80 miles an hour on a city street. Your dad shot was at the other location. Yeah, yeah, first location. That's never, I, that's never we were hanging out. Yeah, yeah, way back. Yeah. So, anyways, car came flying I in sideways. I the other day, and I was like, there used to be a shop right there. It's not, it's not there anymore. That's, that's a donut shop now, yeah. yeah. I was like, dude, there used to be a shop, old-ass shop That was shop my dad's right very there. first shop. So, anyways, came flying through the intersection, five lanes wide, slid all the way from the far right lane, into our parking lot, hit the curb, blew out both side tires. I mean, it went straight into the fence, hitting one car and hitting it so hard it shoved it into the next truck beside it. Dude immediately hits reverse. I mean, every window was knocked out of this car. We could tell because, I mean, even though it was coming flying by us, I mean, it was still slow enough sliding sideways. That, like, we noticed that every window in this car he was really busted out. No, well, I mean, I think somebody busted out because the car didn't have a dent on it at this oh. point in time. It's maroon. I think I was seven shot away from town. <laughs> it was stolen from Kansas City, and the original car owner's insurance covered both vehicles getting hit in our fence, our fence at the shop, and I think there was a couple other damages we had done or whatever else from all that happening. But dude ended up throwing that car in reverse immediately after he hit the fence and just backing out of the parking lot, and he like ran down. I mean, cars smoking and everything else. It was dramatic as. You could point it, you could picture it out being. And they found the car or whatever, like two miles down the road. I mean, he didn't make it very far. He bailed out and he ran. Never found the guy, but like I said, they found the car, luckily, and had stolen tags on it. If you had a stolen car from Kansas and you did all that and was stupid enough to stay in that car, holy shit, how'd you make it all the way from Kansas City? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. But yeah, no, I mean, 
no harm, no foul. Nobody was hurt. It was all material, you know, materialistic things, and everything got replaced. So, what pisses you off at work? What what something a coworker can do that'll piss you off? I kind of work with all families, so it's probably not a good thing to Nick. <laughs> I'd say somebody feeling like they're too good to do some job. Like if you got to pick up a shovel and shovel some shit, say I ain't touching that fucking shovel. That ain't my job. Yeah, it is. You get paid by the dude that told you to pick up that shovel and shovel that shit up. The only time I'm not going to do it is if the person that is supposed to is just standing around. You know, like, because I run into that yeah. a lot of my work. That's different. It's like, they'll be like the boss's son, but he's lower than me. You know, he's the laborer, and he's not doing a damn thing. They're like, hey, man, we got to get this done. We grab that shovel. Fuck you. My key don't fit that shovel, bitch. Get your fucking stupid-ass son to go down there and fucking do it where he needs to start at anyway. Yeah. Why are we paying him to be a labor hand whenever he's just standing around, even if it's not their son? It could be damn near just anybody. People you know, my age feel like they're too good for entry-level jobs. They feel like they go into it, and they're they're entitled to way more than what they're worth. Like whenever I was 19, I was in Shreveport working for a guy, one of my buddies. I ain't going to say no names. I worked for him. He's not my buddy anymore, but I was working for him. And he had us walking through water with ice, and I was breaking ice with my fist. And, motherfucker, we didn't wait to get waiters. We didn't have waiters. The company wasn't going to buy us waiters. We got paid to break ice with our fist and fucking waste deep water. My dick didn't work for three days, but you know what? This motherfucker right here did shit like that. And we all did, to be honest. Like, I worked with a good group of guys back then. We all did that. But you go somewhere else, they're just like, well, I, I, I ain't getting muddy. Bitch. I don't expect you to break ice with your fucking knuckles like I had to in waist-deep frozen water. But come the fuck on. If it's raining outside, and, and like I get, I'm in a cab now. Ooh, motherfucker, I've worked in more rain than you could ever fucking imagine. The job's got to be done at the end of the day. Yes, who gives a fuck that it's raining? Bitch, fucking do it. No, I can't dig in the rain because you, you can't do dirt work in the rain. Duh. Yeah. I mean, fuck, you can't push mud with a dozer. You can't. You can't throw mud with a trap. You can, but it's extremely sloppy, and it, it it's a bitch to dig in mud. But anyway, being a labor, like, there's something, there's, like, hand work to be done. Do it. There's welders. You know, like, I am hate welders. I hate them motherfuckers. Most of them. Most of them. I have a lot of good welder friends. I do, but too. But they know that I'm not talking bad about them. Yeah. And, but they know who I'm talking bad about. The good ones understand. The good ones was like, yeah, man, fuck them guys. Well, I mean, everybody's dealt with dickheads before. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, it's more common to run into a dickhead welder than it is yeah, in exactly. a lot of other that, places. That's what, that's what I'm saying. But anyways, but I've seen welders. Like, if it's raining outside and they're wet, they're getting electrocuted, hardcore electrocuted mm-hmm. the whole time they're welding. And I've seen the older ones. Are the, you know what? The younger ones will try hard enough. They'll do it. But the old ones do it. And, like, you can't. They're not even going to say nothing about it. You can see some of tense up. Getting hit with this bitch, and he's just steadily running that beat all the way to the fucking bottom. He's gonna get that whole stick done. It's crazy, dude. I just hate with people feeling like they're entitled, like you're not shit. You're not. I don't care if you're the boss. That salary, bosses work world worse. But I'm getting paid salary. I don't want to. I'm not working seventy hours. This bitch, you chose the salary life. And what me? I'm getting paid hourly. Let's work that Sunday. Like you chose that, not me. You chose that. And a lot of companies nowadays will give you the option going hourly or salary. Well, salary works better in construction because in the wintertime, if it's slow, you're getting paid anyways. But in the summertime, whenever we got to make up for our hours that we lost in the winter, and we actually have time and light to do all that work, I'm staying. I don't, I don't, you stay or not. Shit, I'd rather you not be there bitching me out the whole time. Say a bunch of dumb shit, to be honest. I mean, Shit, leave me alone. I'll get the job done. I know how to do everything out there. If I can't, I'll tell you. I'll ask questions. I'm, well, I'll, I'm, I'll be the first person to ask a question. That's my biggest deal is I've never been too, like, too proud or prideful or whatever else. If I don't know, I don't know. I don't want to claim to know because I'd rather not look dumb later in life and look dumb then to some people by asking a question, although I've, that's where the whole saying, you know, you know, there ain't no such thing as a dumb question, obviously. But, no, seriously, I will ask you, a dumb question just so I don't want to I don't want to assume assume yeah. there's nothing but make an asshole I mean I ain't going to ask a bunch of dumb questions there's something I'm just like I'm really not sure about but I know it's a dumb question but it's just something that slipped my mind and I'm just like and there's even this point in time you know, look, I know it's a dumb question yep 
Can you please answer yep. for me? And usually, if you ask it like that, and you don't do it all the time, like seriously, if you have to ask, ask dumb questions all the time, then you need to find a different career that you don't have to think as much. That's something that makes me cringe. People asking mindless questions, like all you, the you time, obviously though. didn't think about it. Yeah, like you it's like a it kid. You you rather somebody think about it for you? It's getting to where people a, are so it. lazy they want somebody to think for them. It's yep. like a kid running the door saying, "Mom, I can't find my shoes." He obviously didn't look. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You look with but your eyes. But grown nothing, ups are acting like that now. <laughs> Just grown ass men and women too. I mean, basically, what I see that as is that there's a lot of people around work work areas nowadays in every industry. Like you're basically working with a bunch of three, a bunch of thirteen year old preteen girls that are going through a meltdown. That's what you're working with every single day. Feels like they're queen bitch, <laughs> dudes and girls. Feel like they're queen, bitch. <laughs> and then, hey, we'll have a fucking meltdown if the first thing doesn't go their way. Well, look here, buddy. Not going to happen. If I'm your boss and I tell you to go do something, and you say, man, I, I'm, I'm going home, don't come back. Exactly. If you leave this job, and after I told you to do something, you don't do it, don't, you're not coming back. And if you show up next morning, I don't give a fuck. If you drove three hours, you're about to drive three hours back home pissed off because you just lost a job. I feel pretty poor. Being at work, if I'm paying you to be there, you're going to be there as long as I want you to. I'm not going to ask nothing crazy of you. I, I'm, you know what? I'm not a big Sunday fan. I don't want 70 hours a week. 60 hour work week is what we should all work. And if not, 55. Work a half a day Saturday. But you need to be at work six days a week. I'm Okay. People are like, oh, well, I'm on my feet all day. So? Like, your laborers are literally sprinting all day long. How in the old field, we're all, we're working. I tell you what, there's a bunch of them prima donna people I'm talking about, but there's sons of bitches that let the, from the time their feet hit the ground that morning, they don't walk nowhere. They are running or they're jogging, no matter where they're going for 10 hours. It, I'm talking about there's 70-year-old men out there, literally, that will outwork any 18-year-old you can find that is a hard-working 18-year-old. This is a 70-year-old man barely get up and down. This son of bitches feet hit the ground, he's doing something. He's sprinting. I may work for my grandpa. My point of view is, is nobody's going to show me up at work. There ain't nobody in this fucking world that will work harder than I will. Not even the seven-year-old man? No. If I see that seven-year-old man bust, busting his ass, if I can't work as hard as he can, I'm going to try my fucking damnedest too. There's nobody at that job going to be better than me, and that's why I get the jobs I get, the good jobs. It's because I do that. I go the extra fucking mile. Yeah. I don't I don't sit back and say, that's, that's hard though, you know. Like, he's doing it, but he's good at it. Ain't nobody in this world better doing anything. I feel like I'm one of the people like I just haven't fell in the right situation yet to be able to do it. But I feel like anybody can be like Jeff Bezos that owns Amazon. Anybody be Elon Musk. If them two sons of bitches can do it, there ain't no reason I can't. Ain't no reason you can't. Yeah. No reason at all. I work for my grandpa. Yes, I I am. I do run the shop. But if there's bullshit work to be done, say there's three people in the shop that day. If one person can be working, two people are going to be standing around, I'll do that job. I'll do that shit work and let them watch. Because if I'm tied up and I ask them to do it, they know I would do it. Like, it's not yeah. something I don't want to do. But, but I tell you what, you do, I mean, it's got to get done. I understand that. But those people like that, they need to be fired because they can't learn their lesson. Because if you teach them a lesson, you lost money. So you lost money in two different ways. Well, if they don't take heed to that lesson, then you just pay these guys to basically not learn a goddamn thing. You just paid them guys like not learning anything. You paid them to be there, and you overworked yourself. It's not that they it's, they don't want to do it. It's that if someone they know you will. No, I'm not saying it in that sense. Yeah, I'm I don't saying, think saying I'm saying good sense. people. Oh, good people. Yeah, I'm just saying if there's got to be, I don't want to sit there oh, and well, watch I'm you the work. Same way, like if I'm somebody's boss, like I'll I'll throw some skids, you know, like if it needs to be done. And yeah, then people are standing around, and sometimes it's like late in the evening, and I know it's going to affect me getting off work and everything. Like if I see. If I don't, if I don't hurry up and like fuck them guys standing around, like if I don't hurry up and do this, like we're gonna be here all night, and I don't want to be here all night. I'd do it then. But at that point, those people didn't learn nothing. What yeah. they learned is, is if it gets late in the evening, they don't have to work because I'll do it. I've had to do that, but those people don't last. They don't at all. That's they'll why jump, I, get, I get rid of. Them. I, I, it'll happen a couple of times, but if they don't take heed, or if I tell them, you know, hey, come over here, you're gone, buddy. Like now, they were gives you them three stripe policies. That's why, man. Cooper Tire Union. I love work. For, Cooper Tire wasn't bad at all. And their union really is good for their employees, but it's really bad for that company. Like, they tell you, 
They straight up told us our first day in there, you will never be fired from this job. If you make it past your 90 days, you will never be fired. Unless, like, you get your arm cut off and it's your fault or you hurt somebody. Like, duh. But, I mean, like, as far as work-wise, they don't really give a shit how much you do because the union's got your back. But there's a lot of people in there that just don't do shit. But those people also aren't making much money, but they're taking up time and taking up a good job for a good person that's trying to get that job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're hurting people that don't, don't even work there and that want up to. Space, yeah. yeah, you're taking up space. And you got to be a productive member of society. I agree. And if, you're, and if you're a piece of shit at work, you're not a productive member of society. You're not. You're a waste of money. You're a waste of my air. When you spend more time with your coworkers and employees than you do with your family, yeah. your wives and kids. No, I, I, I work, I like work that's for your companies. That, no, that's, I, that sucks, though, dude. I hate that. But, I mean, it is true. And that shit you got to do, I guess, like earning your stripes. It's part it of it. Yeah, it, it, it is. Right and honestly, I mean, it's probably a good thing because – I mean, I'm not at that point in time in my life, but there's probably a lot of people that doesn't need to be around their wife and their kids that long. Probably go crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, but that comes to like, why does our wife keep them around fire that son of a bitch? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I guess you're putting enough food on the table. Might as well keep him around. He ain't never around anyway. He's working all the time. He might be an asshole. He works all the time and gives me money, so I'll keep him around. He'll come home and drink that whiskey, though, and Sally, you know, I'll come outside that hair. <laughs> you know what hurts me a lot worse than hurts her when I beat the hell out of her. <laughs> we do not condone domestic violence. I have beat numerous people's asses for it. Yeah, domestic violence. We, is think, super it, we not think, cool. think that joke is funny because it really was funny. Like I said, we do not find domestic violence funny. Nope, none. Multiple times I've beat people's asses for putting their hands on a woman or talking to them just absolutely too bad. But back to self-entitlement. <laughs> people feel like self-entitled in life. Like, to be honest, nowadays, we might as well go ahead and, like, it's hard to own shit nowadays, okay? But there's people that don't even try. Like, there's people that, that are my age. Like, I understand. I don't, I don't have a lot of things, you know? Like, I've pissed away a lot of money in my life. But I still attribute to want that, you know? But there's people that are completely content. We're being 30 years old, living with, like, roommates and, and you know, and partying every night of the week. Like, yeah. I might go to the bar a couple nights a week, but I don't get hammered drunk more times a week. Like, how many, if you see me, that's one thing Tyler Welburn can tell I'm upset about something is if he sees me hammered drunk. Every single time, he'll be like, what's wrong with you? That's a good point. Yeah, that is. That has happened more than one point. More than once. Like, I might get drunk. Like, and I think I, it's I'll only get, happened, get like, maybe. and be fun, but not, like, drunk. Since I've known you since I was what 17 16 17 i've maybe only seen you hammered drunk five six, times yeah, yeah. i might say it's, it's six, not a big number seven but. times maybe maybe solid five maybe a six or seven swear to you though like i just have an outgoing person now a lot of people will like mistake like me being drunk and wild but if you notice i'm not slurring i'm now, not I've stumbling around up. i've seen you that's fucked me. Up. like that that's me like yeah. i can be that i can all that shit that you you do and if you're hammered drunk I don't have to get hammered drunk, make an ass of myself. I can do that shit sober. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, what I'm saying is, is like you know, there, there's like seriously people that just don't give a shit. You know, like they don't want to own nothing. They're content with renting a house for the rest of their life. I'm mm-hmm. not content with that. I, I might. I tell you what, I might end up having to. You know, shit. I'm 27. I I'm, I rent a house now. But what I'm saying is, is I don't want to. You know, I I I want to be one day where I own my own shit. I think it's stressful. There's me people out. that just don't give a fuck. Oh no! I think it stresses me out that I'm not that. Two two years ago, I didn't picture myself sitting where I'm sitting now. No, but guess what? I mean, I've I've learned a lot of hard life lessons. Yeah, you do, but we, yeah, years. you come you away know what from I mean? it. those people like just live You're that still life a on purpose. Category, you come away from it, or you still aspire to do better. Yeah, those people don't aspire to do better. That's like those those are the people that like when they're forty years old just turn to a method, start. Living on the streets, you know, that's like if you're 50 years old, like you just give up so bad you go homeless. Like, there's programs you can get in that you, no way this world has to go homeless. I get that. I get the government will help you, and it's kind of fucked up they have that. But, you know, like the government will help you enough to get on your feet. Yeah. You know, if you're a homeless shelter. Yeah, or a homeless shelter. There's so many options you have other than just living on a street, you know. There's so many more options. I get those people had a lot of bad things happen to them, they had to give up. But there's a lot of those people that didn't have a lot of bad things happen to them and gave up. They just they haven't gave a shit ever. Well, yeah. that shit given to them so yes. long, and then that shit stopped, cut off. Yep. You lost. 
Yeah, you know what? I've actually talked to a couple of homeless people in my life, like just throughout my, you know, over an extended amount of time. Like I'm not talking about just out in front of Hooters and shit. I mean, like I've I've met homeless people like out in the world, you know, and like that. It's and a lot of them come from money, and they just tell them like their parents disowned. They know what to do. They were fuck ups back then and didn't care. And then their parents just said, we can't do it no more. And just kicked them out. And then somebody was homeless. And these like 40 year old men, this shit just happened to. You know, and they just chose the homeless life because fuck it. They didn't have nobody to take care of them. But I tell you what, just because you're 40 years old don't mean you can't learn. That yeah. ain't no different than being 18 years old going out on your own like I did. That's the, but that's I, I didn't have nobody to teach me how to pay bills and shit. I had to pay for my own trucks and stuff growing up. They don't teach. Yes, I, that probably helped me out a little bit. But everybody in this world kind of just on their own for the first couple of years, you know. Like, yeah, you can get taught all you want to, but this is the real world. Like, there ain't time for error. You're getting thrown in the deep end. Yes, like me. I tell you what, I had a lot of error. And guess what? I'm 27 years old living in a fucking single line. You know what I mean? Like, there's no time for error. No time. Ain't none of it going to stop for you. Because you can, you can turn, you can. Kill your life at any point in time and restart. One error, restart, boom. 30 years old, fuck up one time, go file bankruptcy, boom, restart. You back at 18 years old, buddy, and you're 30. Me, I'm 27, boom, reset, pretty much back. I'm probably about, I'm, I, technically, in life, I'm, I'm, I'm about 21. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like about three years ago, it got reset, boom. Yeah. Because I, I, I screwed up. I was screwing up and made, a lot, and made some bad decisions. Yeah. No, no, like getting bad off on drugs or nothing. That happened like whenever I was way younger. You know, like whenever that, like whenever I was 18, 19 years old and there was time for that to happen. Yeah. Yes. I went ahead and got that life out of the way. But I mean, I made errors as far as just kind of just being an all around piece of shit, non productive member of society, basically. Like, not, like I said, not doing drugs or anything, just not being a productive member of society, doing what I wanted instead of what I needed to do. That's what people don't get. Nobody gives a damn what you want. Ain't nobody going to take care of you better than you. Exactly. Nobody. Nobody in this world. I don't care how much your parents love you. You can take care of yourself better than they can ever could. You know you more than anybody in this world. I feel like I'm the baddest motherfucker alive. Now, everybody feels like I'm a pretty good person, I feel like. But I feel like I'm a whole lot more than that. You know, because I know me. You hungry. It's like you know you. You, think, you always think you're the best. Everybody in this world, unless... You know, like, if people been cut down, you know, like, like, you know, like, depression and stuff. But, I mean, like, initially, like, you, you think, you think the best of yourself. That's confidence, though. You need to have confidence in whatever it is you're doing, though. You know what I mean? And, it, but you need to have confidence, but you don't need to be cocky. There's just yes, be yes. two things. I, like, I blur the lines a lot on that. I know, and I do it to be funny most of the time. They, right. I have caught myself a couple times where I was like, damn, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> but, but you know, like I, you know, like I, like I was kind of like I shouldn't have been arrogant. But most times, like if I say some cocky shit, like you can, if you can't tell that I'm joking by my tone, then that just shows a lot about you. Yeah. That's like there was one time I was talking to a welder. It, it was one of our buddies' welders. Dude's actually from here too. And uh, I was talking to him at a, at a restaurant, and it was me and Matt. We we were all sitting there, and that, that dude said something. He was like, "Man, I don't, I don't think I want to go with all you. I think I'm just going back to the." Uh, apartment and I said that's fine ain't nobody wants you to go anyway this son gun just blew up got mad want to fight me over it I'm like do you really think I don't even know you just be like I don't even fucking want you to go to the apartment I didn't want you to go to the mall with us anyway I fuck you are you kidding me yeah like, like you can't tell I'm joking like you're so ornery you really think that me like I've been cool with you this whole time thought I was the best person in the world this whole time then all of a sudden now I say one thing and your attitude just completely changed like that that's just shows a, you're kind of a shit person. That shows that's part of a certain kind of personality. Yes. That's just part of it. That that kind of person. A personality disorder, I feel like. That is a disorder. That's a low confidence kind of thing. Like Mm-mm, that's not a low confidence no, thing. Maybe bipolar. That's just them wanting to be an asshole. Yeah. That, that, it's narcissistic. That, to, yeah, to me Okay. To me, narcissists are the people that were babied as a child and they got they could beg their parents for anything. Every narcissist I know. Basically, they had everything handed to them or, you know, some way they don't appreciate what they have. They don't. Always got to have some shit going on. Yeah, always have to. Always. I hate that. 
Like, I ain't your mom and daddy. I don't care. I'll bust your shit. <laughs> yeah, I will fuck you up. <laughs> Didn't you get into a bar fight one night over because, uh, like, an, an argument over soccer? Not that guy right there. I asked him. He had a Barcelona shirt on. I didn't know who Barcelona was, to be honest. But I asked him who it was from. I was genuinely interested because, like, it's something I didn't know anything about. Like, I'm not when people's going to be a dick about something I don't know about. I will not. Like, if I don't know about it, I'm not going to be an asshole to him. I'm not going to call it gay or stupid or anything like that. Want to know the knowledge. Gay as in the sense of being stupid. Like, if you, like, like that right there, if any gay person gets mad about that, like, you're just as ignorant as people we're talking about. All my gay friends know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They'll be the first to say you got a gay shirt on. <laughs> like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> but anyway, it's like, that's what I'm saying, like. What was that? The Barcelona shirt. But that's what I'm getting at. With the Barcelona shirt is, is that that guy had that shirt. I was genuinely interested. Was not being a dick about it at all. But never he told me it was Barcelona and it was Spain. I was like, Qatar Airways is Middle Eastern. Why are they sponsor them and not one of their poor countries' teams? You know, like that's pretty messed up. Qatar Airways is really rich. That's like first class, like coolness right there. That's like out of Dubai and stuff. You know. So so I was genuinely concerned at that point. I swapped it. I was not trying to make him mad at all. And the question did kind of just come out, but his first reaction is, "Is I feel like you're disrespecting my team." I said, "No, I just wanted." I mean, seriously, like, I want to know the connection. Like, I know you might not know the answer, but now I'm genuinely interested in why Qatar Airways sponsors them and not one of their own countries. You know, because those are a lot of poor countries too. You know, that run Qatar Airways. Like, Qatar Airways is a rich airline, and their countries can't afford to fly them. Whatever. But anyways, uh, he told me he was like, "I'm a marine. I'll beat your ass if you're disrespecting my team." I'm like. I punched him. What's <laughs> <laughs> well, the worst to come back? <laughs> yeah. but, but you know, like you know, like don't don't do that. That right there, let me know that like, the way his tone was, and and you were watching the whole time. That guy was not gonna let me out of that conversation without fighting me. I didn't even jump in. It, I just I, I stood back and I giggled at the bar because Casey is literally rubbing this motherfucker's face across the carpet at the bar, <laughs> going, "How do you? How's that for your Marines now? You still like soccer?" <laughs> talking shit to him I'm rubbing his face across the carpet I do support the and Marines like but don't come to me people. like that <laughs> yeah, well yeah no but he's like three or four people on top of them trying to split them up and I'm just like I'm not helping this is way too funny I ruined my ever shirt and into. my jeans they were so Bobby thought I got stabbed yeah he hit the guy just right bust his nose but dude holy cow it was he the funniest like thing I've ever seen out of his nose my bad. girlfriend's standing there like Tyler you're not gonna do nothing to help and I was like no he's good he's got Casey's that one he's on top rubbing his face against the carpet <laughs> I think he got it girl yeah, I got I think this guy's going to get up from this going, you know what? This is a mistake on my part. As you're watching us, could you tell that guy was not going to let me out of that with a fight? Oh, yeah, and I seen it coming, but I mean, it wasn't nothing like, I was going to say or do. Like I'm not going to let you hit me first because you're being a dick. I'm not going to. Like, if you're being an asshole, you can clearly tell by somebody's actions and the way they're talking and what how petty the argument, how petty the argument is they started is. If it's extremely petty like that. Like, I wasn't disrespecting your team. I was disrespecting Qatar Airways, saying Qatar Airways kind of dicks for that. That's what I was saying. You know what I mean? I wasn't saying, fuck Spain, fuck Barcelona, but his argument was so petty that you could tell right then, this guy's not letting me out of this without a fight. Like no. you and the reason yeah. is, he's that type of person. Yeah. He's a shitty person. But guess what? A week later, somebody's come in there and shook my hand. Remember that? Yep. He did. He Wait, like, come shook my hand, apologized, said, said he was being an asshole, and he shouldn't have done it. I tell you what, that's happened three times in my life, that specific situation, not over soccer, but people doing that. And every single time they come back to me <laughs> and that I, I, I beat their ass, come back and apologize to me. I ain't no bad motherfucker or nothing. It just so happens. I feel like I feel like the person in the right usually wins the fight. Casey Bowles you know I mean? out here teaching life lessons. I, no, I'm serious, though. What, uh, th- think serious. about the fights you've watched go down between, between friends and everybody else. Most, Not all the time, but most of the time, the person in the right comes out on top. It really does. That person has a lot more to fight for than the person that's wrong. You know what I mean? And I'm telling you, I, I've, mm-hmm. I've witnessed this. I've been saying this since I was young, man. Like, just paying attention to just stuff going around me. I'm, that, I'm really observant, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? But most of the time, the, the majority of the time, the person that was in the right wins. Unless it's just some giant yeah. asshole, and then you tell that somebody to come talk to me. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I might have to bail you out of that giant asshole like I did the last one. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> that guy called, see, this right here goes back to just people being a nonsensical assholes and self-entitled. Like, that guy thought he could say that 
for God knows what reason. Well, what did he say? We were standing by, by the bar. We weren't standing by the bar. We were standing by the bathroom. And uh, this guy, like, if we're in a circle, and uh, this guy walks by, and, and he starts talking to us. Well, one of our gay buddies walked back behind, and he didn't even talk to us. Didn't speak to us or anything. Walked by and got a drink. That guy looked basic. <laughs> you look like you suck dick. Holy shit. Flip my switch right then. I was like, cannot. That's uncalled for. I don't care if you like gay people or not. Like, there's certain things you can say and certain things you can't say. That's something you can't say. Yeah. So, immediately, I'm like, hey, buddy, that's my friend, and he does suck dick. And then, of course, he turned around and was like, yeah, I do, buddy. And that guy said, oh, y'all want to get physical. And took his hat off, and I popped this motherfucker, and he looked at me. And then Nick come out of nowhere and tackled him into the table and started beating his ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. He didn't know hey, what that, to that, do. That's, that's, that's one of, like... <laughs> I, whenever I say it's under five, I don't want to say the number three again because I feel like it's a common number for me to say, but I'm dead serious. Under five people out of the tons of times I hit people turned and looked at me. And that <laughs> son of a bitch turned and looked at me. And I was like, oh, but shit. But the thing about it was. <laughs> I might even said it out loud. I don't the know. Only I was reason, like, oh, man, this ain't good. The only reason I jumped in on that one was because you were swaying, Casey. Oh, like, like you man. hit him was, and then I, leaned no, on I the table. I punched him and thought Darrell and them got the guy. And I just leaned up against the table and, started, and I lit up a cigarette, was drinking my beer, and look over and somebody's like, that's Nick. I took off running and had a fucking Nick on him. I thought the damn bouncers just had him up on the table he was fighting them. No, it was Nick. I didn't even know. Well, that dude I'm was... back chilling. He didn't know what to do, man. I kept... I'd, I'd fucking... I'd hit him and say, let go. Nope. Bop. Let go. Nope. Bop. That's a big bastard. He was, just he was towering over everybody too. Yeah. Like this guy was big. Man. I was he looking was up young at him too. Like I, mean, I he, probably, he, he might have been twenty two. He about twenty two years on them big cock strong bastards, man. When I say I he knew, fought three him. other people that night, he fought three other people, and all three of them had their shit split open did. on their face somewhere. I went outside. I'm kind of glad he didn't hit either one of y'all because I mean he beat three people's oh, asses. It didn't even look like he didn't look like he got the fight. You got to do. That's what you got to do with big motherfuckers. You just can't give them the chance. I didn't know. I pulled him in close, grabbed him by the back of the head, and was uppercutting him. It was bad. He was I, not I, about I, to I, touch me. I walked me. outside. Whenever all that fight, somebody just said there's a big fight going outside. That's about 15, 20 minutes later. You know, like they got been outside. Oh there, yeah. There was about ten people up on up on top of a hill by the damn motel, and they was all going at it. And well, you know, that's because you know Yeah, that's because he got got his shit split, and then he beat up two other people. I was like, man. Well, that's because he told and, him he had a pistol in his truck and went to act like he was reaching for one, and he didn't even have one. And when he said that he had a pistol, three three dudes jumped on him at one time because they was like, oh, fuck, that ain't gonna happen. He walked all three of them dudes. He didn't need the pistol, even if he did have a pistol. I don't think he needed it. <laughs> he was yeah, a bad we, dude. We messed all the other fights because me and Casey, we went up and hung out with you in the DJ booth. Yeah. Let that shit cool down. Well, I know Sam, I remember Sam came running up to me. No, I walked out there for a minute and it was me and a girl. We walked outside to go look. She said she wanted to watch. I didn't know who it was. And I seen that big bastard get up with no shirt on. I was like, oh shit, we got to go back inside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him to see me over here. Oh, There's shit. people running by. Got, uh, one of them had, uh, had cut on his line. The other two looked like they had been beat up pretty good. Like They had red marks all over. I was like, oh yeah, get yeah, out of here. Dude, when I say this dude hit, hit somebody and they fell up against the food truck and by the end of it, they were laying underneath it yeah like i mean they that, slid yeah. down the side of it all the way down the concrete fell on the curb and landed up underneath the truck somehow and i was just like fuck the only i can account one other time that that happened i mean just one really vivid one that i can tell the whole story of i go to hanks and mckinney for the first time I, I had to take my mom's car my truck was broke down i was depressed and my cousin happened to call me kyle <laughs> the one that i went to billy bars with that time and i i Oh, yeah, with the, yeah, yeah, with the, the camper? Remember, I balleted the camper, yeah. yeah. Same guy. The first time I went to Hanks and McKinney, I'm, we go to watch Whiskey Myers. And uh, it, it was a really good show, and about midway through it, man, this girl that was with us, she was drunk and out of line, but she was acting all kind of crazy, too. Walked up to me. We're not supposed to smoke in there, but Whiskey Myers done lit up the cigarette on stage, so it's kind of everybody started smoking to the point the bouncers gave up on telling people to stop. So we're t- we're chiefing away in this bar. <laughs> this girl comes by, grabs my cigarette, throws it down, and says you can't smoke in here. Turns around, this other guy that I don't know, I remember he was a short little bastard like me. So he was a lot more stocky. He had a red mustache, a goat, a red goatee. I'll never forget it. I will never forget that dude's face. I've never seen him since, but I know what he looks like, and I will run. But anyway, anyways, he she says you can't smoke in here, and this dude doesn't hesitate. Just turns around and pops her right in the mouth, not Good drops God. her. And nobody did anything. He was going back at it, so I reached over and gave this dude everything I had. 
And he stopped and looked at me. And then the bouncer grabbed me from behind and turned me around. And I had my head ducked. I just got dude was going to reach around, like, peg me inside the head without me looking. So I, like, ducked down. And I used that bouncer still. And that bouncer snatched me up. By, I don't know what happened to that dude. But that bouncer snatched me up by my neck. And he choked me. Like, I couldn't breathe. The other bouncer was on his back. He had to get trolled for that. Like, the other bouncer like, trying to get to him. I wasn't fighting him or nothing. Like, as soon as he grabbed me, I just ducked down. And I stopped. And, like, the other bouncer was like, yeah, let him go. I was like, yeah, I'm leaving, man. I'm going out. And he grabbed me up by the neck. He was motherfucking choked me all the way to the door. And by the time we got about, when we're back by the stage at Hank's, like, it's a long way to that front door, buddy. A long way. If you're getting choked out, like, I was starting to black out. So by the time I got to the front door, I just started scraping everything off the tables. And I'm trying to holler. And I can't even holler. I'm trying to punch him. There's bouncers on his back trying to get him quit. And this dude threw me out the door by my neck. But anyways, don't, don't that's fight a big bouncer, McKinney. man. That was a huge dude. <laughs> That was one of them, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin-looking sun guns. But I don't know why he flipped his switch like that on me. Shit, the dude deserved it. He just punched a girl. I said him for a lawsuit, if anything. <laughs> like, that girl could have sued, like, easy. Like, I mean, that dude knocked the shit out of her. But if you sue that person for beating her up in the bar like that, the bar gets in trouble, too. So I don't get why they got, got on to me. Hell, I stopped immediately. I always do. You all know that about me. Yeah. I stopped, by the way. All you people that get crazy... Not whenever a bouncer jumps on, like, you know, like, if you're in a fight and the bouncer grabs you, shut the fuck up and be still. The bouncer's a good guy. The bouncer's trying to help. But the person that's acting all crazy is the one going to get thrown out. That's one probably get thrown on the head and get your ass beat by the bouncer. Good way to get beat up by them. You can't take all of them. I ain't never met, I have never in my life, out of seven years, nine years, of just straight going to bar, to bar, to bar, to bar, to bar my entire life, which goes back to the human error, and that you don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, out of all that right there, I have never in my life seen one person take on all the bouncers at a bar. Never. Don't do it. You're a fucking idiot if you try, and I will think you're an idiot, and so will all the bouncers. And whether or not you started it, you're, you're the bad guy. Yep. Like, you obviously had too hard of a temper to even deal. Right. So get the fuck out too. I don't do that. I shouldn't punch people anyways. A lot of times I feel like. I mean, I'm I'm in the right. But I know it's not right. But at least I'm not acting ignorant. You know what I mean? Like as soon as it happens, I'm done with it. I've seen that happen. Witness first in hand. I was working security at the bar. Had to throw this guy out. He as soon as like we. I threw him out the doors. He turned around and went to swing on me. And, I mean, when I say, like, he's just so drunk it was that slow. All I had to do was, like, literally step out of the way, and he missed me. But he decided that he was going to take his shirt off and jump up and down and yell out in front of the bar. My manager came out there, and he's like, Are there windows invincible to break? No, I've br- busted one before. Really? Man, I've seen some people hit them some I've busted one before, like, slam the door off the deal. This is back before I ever worked there. I got mad at Sam one night, and I slammed that door so hard, I, it popped off the rail, and it cracked the bottom of the door. God. Damn, son. That's different. I mean the window itself. It cracked the bottom of the glass. Oh, cracked glass. the bottom window. Okay, it cracked it, but I mean, like, shit, man. That's why at one point in time, that that glass all at the bottom had tape on it. Oh, okay. That was your fault. Yeah. You're such a bad person, man. Golly. I, I, was, I, was, I was an asshole. I was an asshole. No, but seriously, though, like, full of I've seen some people go full on into them doors and hit them like big people, like, run their shoulder into it trying to get back in if they lock them out. And, dude, it's like them sometimes are just invincible. It <laughs> just can't not come through it. I just recently saw a guy full on punch it. Put it like, I mean, it was a hard punch. Rattled all the way to the back. Well, with people in there, you could hear it at, at the bathroom. You could hear that sound going to hit them windows. And, Door just kind of vibrate a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he bounced back off of it end over end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. That's on wild times. Wild, wild times. What but that's you? what I'm getting at with drunk assholes. You know, like, they will feel entitled. They get drunk and they feel like, okay, I need to beat somebody's ass. But they're going to find somebody they can for sure beat their ass. And I'm going to go pick up. If they do go pick out the biggest dude, the normal size guys might not want to mess with them. Because seriously, like. There's no reason to go pick out the biggest dude. That guy's got a lot of confidence. But most of the time, that drunk guy's going to pick out a little guy that he thinks, hey, I bet I can beat this dude's ass and look like a badass. No, you ain't, buddy. <laughs> You're about to make yourself look like really, really dumb. <laughs> and it's happened before. And not just me. I got a bunch of little friends <laughs> smaller than me that will piece you up. <laughs> yep, yep. But it goes so far, like the self-entitlement goes so far across the board on everything. You know, like from work all the way to just going to the bar to just sitting around the house. Like 
there's a lot of men in this world that just feel entitled. Like they don't do anything. Like I know plenty of wives, and the wives will be cool with it. They'll be the ones that mow. They do every single thing around that house, and the man just feels entitled to sit inside and drink beer. And then there's women that rely on men to cook, clean, mow the yard, fix her car whenever it's fucking broke, and all this other shit. And she thinks all she has to do is sit on the couch and take the kids to school in the morning. No. What you bringing to the If you ain't bringing nothing to the table, you're not entitled to shit. Yeah. And that's to do with everything. What do you bring to the table? Why are you here? Why am I dealing with this? And love or anything like that doesn't have anything to do with it. I tell you what. You learn to love somebody, you can learn to not love them. If it's really wrong, you will learn to not love them. And, and you know what? If you're putting yourself in that situation, because you're like, oh, well, I love that person, so I just can't let it go, then you're doing it to yourself, and I don't feel bad. Yep. I tell you what. Ain't nobody in this world ever treated me bad and made me feel like I was in the wrong. And if they did, it wasn't long that I felt like that. That's a lot of problem with me and a lot of people. Is that you do me wrong. I'm going to let you know. I don't care how much I love you. That's why I you know, keep a girl. Like I, if you don't bring nothing to the table, don't treat me bad. Now, I'll take a lot of shit from a girl that's, that's bad. You know, like if she bring a lot to the table, I'll deal with some bullshit. And I've noticed that about myself. You know? If you bring more to the table, the more you bring to the table, the more bullshit I'll deal with. But if you don't bring nothing to the table, don't bring no bullshit my way. I ain't going to deal with it. Uh-huh. That's the same with friendships, Tyler. You bring a lot to the table. We've always had good times. I talk to you about anything. Nick, you the same way. I help you. You help me. You help me. I help you, Tyler. Y'all, we bring stuff to the table for each other. Now, the friends we left behind didn't bring a goddamn thing to the table at all. Nothing to the table. But that same thing with girlfriends, husbands, friends, every single thing at work. What do you bring to the table? Why is your boss paying you? Now, if your boss is hollering at you every day telling you to work harder and you really are standing around all day and you get mad at him saying, I tell you what, I'm going to tell you about two times. And then I'm getting mad. After I get mad, it's 50-50 whether I'm firing you right then. And if I don't, you better fucking catch heat. You better get some pep in your step. Because there's about 10 people lined up to have your spot. And that goes with everything in life, too. If you're a shit person as a, as a spouse or as a significant yeah, other, say, there, there's a whole bunch of other people in line, buddy, a whole lot better. Yeah, she might pick an asshole next time. Eventually, you're going to get that one. You're going to be like, damn. I tell you what, my ex, a couple of my exes got paper. And I was just like, damn, they are better than me, ain't they? <laughs> <laughs> you know? like I, I didn't have nothing to say. Can't even be mad at him. Like, yeah, shit. no, you're just like, damn. I'm happy they for did good you. On that one. I'm happy for you. Yeah, it's like, I'm not ever going to tell you that, but I am happy for you. And I see where you went with that. Yep, yep. <laughs> More the thing is, you're not entitled to shit. And you need to quit acting like it. Everybody does. I'm bad. I, I've done it. You've done it. We've all done it. But there's a lot of people that take advantage of it and don't learn from it. There's two categories. Whether you. You're a piece of shit and you're content with it if you're, you do some shitty stuff and you know it and you try to do better. Exactly. We being all h- fuck up, but it's the people that learn from their fuck ups. And you know what? I might be a repeat fuck up, but every time I fuck up, I know I did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know I did and I feel bad for it. Yeah, we're yeah. not just immune to it. It's not just normal shit. But uh, we're not entitled to anything. I'm not entitled to anything. You're not entitled to anything. You're not entitled to anything. At all. Nope. Nobody is entitled to shit. So you gotta be thankful for every day and everything you got. Fuck. You might wake up tomorrow, yeah. and guess what? Some butterfly effect far away, way down the line, whatever else you want to call it. <laughs> All I'm saying is, like, everything follows domino effect or everything else, but just, like, you ain't guaranteed shit in tomorrow. What, 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 what if, like, you have a really good job, you know, and you worked yourself up, and you got to be a boss, and you felt like, oh, I ain't got to do shit now. And then you start getting behind on your boss shit, and, like, your employees are going to hell. You got a bunch of screw-offs working for you. You don't give a shit. You know, that, you know what, buddy? You got a lot of shit to pay for because you're a boss. You got the money. You're going to buy a bunch of shit. What what are you going to do if your boss is like, hey, buddy, I'm tired. You're not bringing nothing to the table. Boom. Grabs one of your employees you thought was a piece of shit. Puts him in your place. And now you just out the money. Now you got all this shit to pay for and you ain't got a home. All over you just being a dick. Like literally. Like the only reason you lose everything. And I tell you what. A lot of people. There's a lot of people that I've seen go through bankruptcy that shouldn't have unfortunate circumstances. But. A lot of people did it 
you know, just being a dick. They let be, they let their pride and then being an asshole and always thinking they're right get in the way of their whole life. I'll be the first one to admit when I'm wrong. I'm wrong a lot of times throughout the day. You, you are pretty good about it. Like, you'll think about it. Usually I have to explain it first, but unless I explain <laughs> it, you don't know you're wrong. You're, you're, well, I mean, you're, you're, you're like, go blue in the face telling me you're right. Until I'm like, no, Tyler, it's where you're wrong. you be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, but I will, but at though, least you know? You notice, you know yeah. what I mean? We learn every day. But I tell you yeah. what, but I tell you what, not everybody in life cares about you as much as I do and will explain that. you just wrong, and that's all they're going to tell you. Yep. And if you don't tell you, if you think you're right and you're not right, it just hurts you a lot worse that you just... It was just like, I'm right. I don't give a fuck what he says. I got those people in my life. No, but I'm, I'm doing the, th- the same thing. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, I'm using you as an example. No, I know. But I do the same thing, and we all do. It's just there's a lot of people that are a lot worse about it that do it all the time. And that's what a narcissist is. You know, they always think they're right, and they'll make you feel like a piece of shit. They'll but, ignore key yes. points to your argument. Straight up ignore them like yes. they don't exist so they can be right in their head. Yep. Yep. There's nothing wrong with being wrong. Yes, it is. I fucking hate it. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying that. There's nothing wrong with being wrong, admitting your wrongs, and fixing them. You know what I'm saying? If you can't take negative criticism, if you can't take negative criticism, then we, you don't need to hear the positive criticism. Especially if you're just ignorant to something. Yeah. You just got smarter in that situation. Or if you're telling yeah. me some shit that's obvious. I tell you what, key thing is on this podcast, we've had a lot of constructive criticism from people, and a lot of it's been good. But, like, there's one person that said that we didn't get our information right, and I sent them the video that we got it from of the person saying it about themselves. Yeah. And they didn't say nothing back. Like, they tried to call us out on some bullshit just because they wanted a petty argument. And then I had somebody sit here and tell me, oh, well, man, you fuck up on your head and all this, what you need to do. And, just, and I kept telling them, I was like, yeah, I know, buddy. It's a but learning then experience those for both kind of them. It's like, obviously, right. you think I haven't listened to this a hundred times? Right. Like, I'm so small. fed up with hearing our voices that... Holy shit, I don't even want to talk anymore. <laughs> I don't even want to hear my own voice in my head because I hear it so many times just going through this. Like, I know what, what went wrong. But, but, I'm, also- but we're all learning. But that's obvious. I feel like you shouldn't point that out because obviously we know shit like that. But that goes in anything. Like, if I'm at work and, like, my ditch gets a little crooked way down there, I ain't saying a little, like, I ain't saying crooked, but I mean, like, you can see a little spot. Like, the pot's going to lay and everything. If you come up and point that out, you think I can't see that this straight line ditch has a little bit of a bump in it right there. Like, you're ignorant. And you're assuming I'm ignorant. And I don't like to be assumed I'm ignorant. You know nah, what I mean? I hate that. I hate that. Like, that's pretty much like, I'll ask you a lot of times. Like, you'll hear me tell people, like, somebody said something stupid like that. I'll be like, you calling me retarded? <laughs> just, I'm straight up. Like, I'll just be like, you know, like, and they think it's a joke. And I'm like, no, seriously. Like, you just pointed out something completely ignorant. Pretty much just called me dumb in my face by pointing it out. Like, I didn't notice or something. Yeah. And, and I hate that, too. But there's also those people out there in life that'll point out what you did wrong, but also try to recommend to you a better way or the way that they do it, which most of the times or some of the times it is a better way or the right way to do something. You know what I mean? There are those people that are being, I guess you could say, they're 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 negative yeah, criticizing, but, but in a I'm positive kind about. of way. No, that's I don't know what you're about. saying. I'm or saying, like, I'm, I, I mean... Like, like the crooking thing. Obviously, this is my job. I've been doing it nine years. I know that little crook ain't supposed to be down there. Yeah. Okay? I'm not talking about, like, somebody find a more convenient way to do something. That's like me digging bell holes. My boss had been out of prison six months on, on the job I was on. They had no clue what we was doing. Thought he found out a new way to dig bell holes, and I had to dig it his way. Bitch, we've been digging on this way for a thousand years. For not thousand years. <laughs> we've been digging on this way. We've been for, digging we, on this we, way for thirty-five thousand years now. <laughs> we've been on these hoes for this long. But anyway, what I'm saying is, is like for real though, we've been doing this fifty years this way, not because it's inefficient. If you think you found something out, found something new on something that old. Like, you have incredibly too much confidence, buddy. And you got problems. Yeah. Unless you found some new actual technology or something, because that gets invented every day. But as far as, like, something that is done a certain way with these tools, you ain't found out nothing. And if you have, you bass on gun. But I tell you what, if you're going to be doing this job six months and you never done what we're doing in that six months, you don't know shit, buddy. You Stay out no of my Elon way. Musk, most that, likely. Yeah. Like, he felt like he was self-entitled, like he was such a bad dude that he had been out of prison for six months. And some reason, they gave him a job being our boss. 
holy shit. So it just, just goes to show you how the oil field how, works. Just imagine the chaos that ensued on that whole job. I don't know. Honestly, that's some. I can't just say just the oil field. That's how a lot of things. Yeah, in no, life no, work. no. I'm using the oil field because I've I've worked in no, a lot I of industries, that. but not long enough. Like I've always went back to the oil field because that's my home, man. That's what I am. I'm a fucking pipeliner. I know. I hate them. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate most of the people I work with. Most of them. There's a lot of good people. I've met some of my best friends, and I I've met people one like on one job. Five six years ago, and then somebody just still called me every week. Ain't seen them since in person. Right, like you just meet good people like that. Yeah, but then again, you come across the scum of the earth. Yep, you know what I mean. Like why they they all feel waste so much money. You know what you think BP and all them have a lot of money. Well, I tell you what, if they would pay us normal wages and hire locals, holy shit, would their profit just go through the roof? Yeah, they give a lot of idiots a lot of money. That, like, there's people that literally, like, a boss's son or a cousin or just, it's the best friends. They hired them on to be your boss. I ain't even done what you done. This son guns over the whole thing. Tells that goes you what a lot in life, though. It goes to show you, like, underqualified people just knowing who they know and got where they got. Exactly. That, I tell you what, it ain't about what you know. It's about who you know. But knowing something helps a whole bunch. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it Knowledge does. ain't ever killed nobody, but ignorance has. It goes long. Way. I can agree with that. And that's a saying right there. That I is made that up myself. Words live by. So I made that up myself. That's a good one. Is it? Are you, you sure you made that up by yourself? Well, guys, this is the end of the show where one of us probably passed out. But you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, and iTunes. The main thing we ask is that you leave a review on whatever platform it is that you listen to us on. It helps get our name out there. We have new episodes every Monday at 6 a.m. And as always, we hope you had just as much fun as we did. Signing off is Casey Bowles, the last man standing right here on the Texas Meltdown.